0: And we were going to caravan with them. We were going to go to New New Orleans. And unfortunately, we got on I-10 going through Florida. And all of a sudden, boom, they lost a tire on I-10 in Florida, which is a really busy interstate. Lots going on. Hi, you've reached the Caldwells. Please leave a message and we will... Get back
1: with you just to soothe. <laughs> welcome to the RV Work Life Balance Podcast with your traveling nomadic hosts, Sherry and Russ Caldwell.
0: Hey, that's us. We're living the dream. Working from home, baby.
1: No matter where home is.
0: And you can too.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Well, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm here with the lovely Sherry. <laughs> I'm Russ. And we're here to like chat about the topic today. What's the, what, what's the topic today?
0: Well, today we are safe in California. And the topic for today is breakdowns.
1: And that's not kind of like a <clears throat> mental breakdown. Yeah, uh, <laughs> although that, that does happen when you have a, a, a mechanical breakdown. But yeah, it's breakdowns, which if you're trying to live and work and travel, there's going to be something that goes wrong. And always something. What, what, we always hear anyone that travels a lot, there's the constant phrase they say, what is it? That's a hurricane. It's
0: like running down, driving earthquake.
1: Yeah, it's it's your your rig is like going through an earthquake undergoing an earthquake. Yeah, at all times. And, and some people traveling have more, down the road more clever where they'll combine it with a tornado, blah, 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 which means basically everything is shaking. So you can't be surprised if something breaks, shit breaks, shit breaks. So yeah, so today is about breakdowns, because it's gonna happen. It is not if it happens. It's a win. What are you going to do? Yeah. And we've been doing this for a couple of years now on the road. So we've experienced other people's breakdowns and our own. And we started to see a pattern of Mm -hmm. that. And we thought this would be a good topic for us to talk through.
0: So what is our first breakdown experience?
1: So uh, I'm going to tee you up for this because I think the the best one was we got caught off guard when we were hanging out with Scott and Kelly. So when
0: we... First started out. That's right. And we were going to caravan with them. We were going to go to New New Orleans. And unfortunately, we got on I-10 going through Florida. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, boom, they lost a tire on I-10 in Florida, which is a really busy freeway, busy interstate, lots going on. So they pulled over and we pulled over. And there we were with a flat tire.
1: They were with a flat tire. That's right. So, their rig, so we've probably mentioned this before, we drive a Class A diesel pusher and we tow our Jeep behind it. Scott and Kelly, they had a uh, truck and and fifth wheel. And the tire that blew out was on the fifth wheel. And at that point in time, we were following them, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And we saw the problem. And, and we were on radios. And that's right. We, cell phones, which or we highly recommend. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, so yeah, they had a blowout, which is scary. Whether you're in a car or you're in an RV, it's always bad. And so they pulled off. So, what, what were some of the problems we had? Because I tend, like you said, super busy. Super, super
0: busy. busy. Fortunately, we had the safety cones. <laughs> That's
1: right. I'm a nerd and I like to have all the right safety stuff, so I'd bought the collapsible humongous orange cones, and I was so excited to get those babies out, so I busted those out and set them up, but you know, there was so many big trucks Ultimately, going by. Ultimately, it was a really dangerous Super situation. dangerous. Yeah.
0: And they had called their road service, which was uh, roadside assistance.
1: They had an RV Triple-A. On Triple-A
0: RV. And that was a whole different story in that they just didn't show up. Yeah. And then they kept checking, and somehow the call had gotten canceled. And as we've learned on the road, breakdowns on the weekend are, are really difficult. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, uh, we waited. Ultimately, Russ and I drove to the next rest area. And then Russ drove back in the Jeep to help. And the cool thing about well, the cool thing, the cool thing about this incident was that it was in Florida. Right. And many states have a roadside emergency assistance through the Department of Transportation. In Florida, it is an excellent roadside assistance service called Road Ranger, the Florida Road Ranger. And so you just, you know, Google that and call them. And when we finally remembered that, and fortunately we were not across the line, right? Right. Um, The Florida Road Rangers came out and I wasn't there. You were there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had to drive our rig uh, down to the the next rest area so that we'd be out of uh, harms way we didn't want all that equipment out there and I drove back in the jeep but th- this is a longer story to simply tell and it turns out it was related to of course tires as we pointed out and if you do if you do any research about you know RV travel it turns out tires is one of the biggest culprits you're going to have to deal with it, you're the tire problem that you have to worry about is in in most RVs there's a phrase It ages out before it wears out, meaning that in most people, when they're driving their car, their tires will wear out and they'll get, you know, not bald, but they'll get worn down to the point that you got to get new tires. But in RVs, because they don't travel the same amount of distance as someone driving to work, the tires will actually not wear down very much at all, but they will age on the tread. That's right. They'll look brand new on the tread. But the problem is, the The rubber breaks down over time, especially if they're baked in the sun and they're not being protected, and that's what was happening. As these tires had uh, actually gone past their age, there's a date on the tires, and this problem isn't exclusive to fifth wheels. It's it's on any any kind of RV. Mm. So at that point, it was an interesting. Problem. We basically had the road ranger put uh, the spare tire on, and they were able to drive down to the uh, to the rest rest area, area. and and then they called a a company to come out and change all the tires. Yeah, Yeah. that was right there at the rest area, which is amazing. But that problem is common, very common. And at that point, we went on to our our next destination, but (laughs) it caused Sherry and I to change some of our priorities by the time we got back.
0: We had replaced the front tires of our Class A, of Charlie. We'd replaced the front tires before we left Washington State on our big adventure. And we had planned to change out the four rear tires, but we knew we had a little bit of time. But after that incident, we went back to our place in Florida and we got those tires changed. That was scary. It yeah. was really scary. Yeah.
1: So that, that was like a, a good example of something we started to really pay attention to. You don't like to spend too much money, you know, that you don't have to. But when it comes to safety, um, you know, it, it needs to be prioritized.
0: And the fact that that Florida Road Ranger service was yeah. such a lifesaver in that that in was that awesome incident. because
1: yeah. we ended up being stuck because we didn't have the right tool in the RV to take the cap off the hub so we can basically change the tire.
0: And, and the roadside assistance never showed up.
1: <laughs> that's a whole other drama story. Yes, is like, you know, insurance and getting support for roadside assistance is, is a challenge unto itself. Yep. So anyways. It was a good example, but tires is a major problem in for anyone on the road. And that was basically an experience that really kind of de- made our determination of what was important. It's something we track. We, we monitor our tires all the time because of that. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then our next breakdown experience was, again, traveling with friends. We were in a caravan going from San Diego to an event in Tucson, Arizona. Right. And we were tra- traveling with a number of Class A motorhomes going from one event to the next to an FMCA rally in Tucson. And a friend of ours in a brand new Class A motorhome, mm-hmm. um, Don. Yep, yeah, Don. We passed him on the side of the road. He had um, left a little before us. Mm-hmm.
1: So we were shocked when we saw him on the side and of the road. He had road.
0: texted and said, yep. Hey, I'm on the side of the road. And it was a belt. Right? That's right. He'd broken a belt. And he had a fair he had a brand new motorhome. That's right. But what we learned from that experience was the importance of a emergency road kit. That's right. That you carry these spare parts Common and pieces parts. and bits mm-hmm. with you such that if you do have a breakdown like that and you're on the side of the road, the chances of a mobile RV repair unit coming to help you and carrying whatever belt that is or filter or or whatever is very small that they have that part. And this was on a Saturday? Yeah, maybe? we
1: were doing a weekend... Ooh,
0: yeah, it was on a Saturday and breakdowns on the weekends are especially concerning because it's hard to find help. Uh, ultimately, Don was able to get the, the belt that he needed and then mm-hmm. he needed the tool, the special tool. That's so right. you have to make sure that you have the parts and pieces that are common breakdown items but then also have the tools that you need to be able to make the repair. And yeah. he went on his way.
1: But. Yeah. And Don's actually a pretty talented guy. Like he's, he's literally a rocket he scientist a first rocket off, scientist. off. So, so he's wicked smart as they say, but he was actually, you know, given the right tools and parts, Don could do the fix, but not everybody can, including myself. I couldn't have done that fix myself. This is a big class, a diesel engine. And the change for those belts is not trivial. So, but what, We do with this is we assume, imagine you're going to be in the middle of nowhere, but there's a small town mechanic there. Now, the mechanic will never have the parts for your big RV, but they may be able to make the specific change. specific That's very specific. So having the part is the most important thing. And so there's a set of parts that are highly likely to wear out, and you should always be prepared for those. And in fact, the manufacturer of your chassis or your engine can actually tell you what those are.
0: Freightliner or Spartan.
1: Yeah. Freightliner is ours, and so you, we call Freightliner, and we said, hey, what are the common parts that we need to be prepared for? And they'll walk through the different filters and belts and things like that. And it's a small kit, but it's something you should carry so that you have that peace of mind. And unfortunately, Don didn't have that. And I so luckily, it, the part wasn't too far away for him because we were just leaving a major metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere. And so he, he was able to get back in the road in a matter of hours. We saw him uh, come in late to the event, but he didn't make it. Yeah. So
0: yeah. And then our, our next experience again with friends that we had met, Sharon and Dennis. We happened to be parked next to them at a Harvest Host location.
1: Love Harvest Host. <laughs> yeah.
0: We were leaving Florida. Yep. And stayed overnight at the Tallahassee Auto Museum. That's right. And happened to park next to these people, Sharon and Dennis, in their Class A motorhome. Mm-hmm. And they had a bit of something going on that night that first night when we, we pulled them, them next to them they were that. working on it and we were yeah. trying to figure
1: out what they were doing yeah and, you know and in and Harvest House, when you park next to somebody else you become you know instant friends to ask them you know, where yeah. they're from and everything and we saw they were working on their rig and so of course we went over to with meet drinks. them and then Exactly, and then go see uh, if we could help, right? We have some tools, we have some extra parts and things like that. It was zip ties. Yeah, zip ties and duct tape. <laughs> we, gave so we gave them zip ties and duct tape, that's right. So, <laughs> it's but some th- jack issue, right? That's right, that's right. So uh, they were having a- Not a, a big deal. Hydraulic fluid problem, though. So yeah. they were running out to get some stuff. But at that point, they made some changes to it to get by. We we hung out that night and had yeah. a great time And we toured
0: the museum the next day that's together, right. the next morning. yep. And they actually left a little bit before us. Mm-hmm. And then we closed everything up and took off, and we decided to stop. We pulled into the first rest area.
1: I got a sensor warning on my tires. <laughs> this comes back to that tire story <laughs> where we're kind of you know anal about our tires now. So we have a, a TPMS system that tracks all the tires, and it's one of the pressure. tires was not registering correctly. Mm-hmm. and You don't want a tire problem. So we hit the very first rest area. Stop. Check it out. Pulled in. And while we were pulling up, we saw... Lo and behold. Who's standing there? (laughs) Sharon. Next to the rig. Yeah.
0: And and they were stuck. They had a brake issue. The parking brake would not disengage. They were stuck. And their roadside assistance. This was on... Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the same deal where they had called and they were waiting. And then it it was going to be a long time at the rest area. And they had places to go and things to do. So we had suggested that they call Freightliner. Freightliner, The the chassis manufacturer. They have an excellent roadside assistance. Well, is it roadside assistance it's a, it's a technical service freightliner fcc yeah. 247 247 it's right. an app and it's super helpful yep but we had learned that freightliner encourages our class A diesel motorhomes on the freightliner chassis to call freightliner because if you're in a situation where you have to be towed oh, uh disaster it's a it's a very it's a special process yeah. for these for these rigs, yeah. and it needs to be done right. And your, you know, your regular tow truck tow truck driver um, might not have the equipment or the experience to do it right. Um, so we suggested they call Freightliner and at least have the twenty four hour technical assistance to figure out what was going on and what they con- what they might do. And that worked out well because they ended up figuring out how to make a little jerry-rig, how to fix it so that they could get to the next Freightliner service facility. Yeah,
1: so there's like hidden screens and stuff that'll actually diagnose, which we found out on ours too. But Freightliner or Spartan, if you're using any of the, if you have a Class A. There's a way to get into the mode to actually ask the system what the what the codes are, what's going on, do a diagnosis. And that's that that's the information you give to the manufacturer. Like they Freylander. walk
0: you through that. They
1: tell you how to do it. And then they'll say, Oh, based on this, you should do this, this, and this. And sometimes it's like turn the key to this and then mm-hmm. push this button and things like that. But it allow you to usually uh, get to your next destination, which may be a repair site or maybe home if you're almost almost there kind of thing. So, yeah, they were dead in the water. You're right. They they were having brake problems that were basically – it locked the brakes on the freeway and they were smoking the brakes and they pulled off. Mm-hmm. So they were going nowhere until then. So, But that was a, a good example where we knew that you should probably call and it paid off for them to, like, yeah. work through that. Yeah, with yeah. Freightliner. So these so. are, like, all, like like – intros to problems we were seeing and we'd seen other minor ones when we met people on the road but then we experienced (laughs) our own breakdown. Yeah. So what was that? What was the breakdown? That was recently.
0: Well, and that is recently. Um, As recently as two weeks ago. Yeah. We were leaving New Mexico starting up the rig and all of a sudden she went into a as we were hooking up the tow as we were hooking up the jeep she went into a weird high idle situation. Yep. So you went up front to check that out. Yep. And had an engine
1: light. Check engine, yeah. The dreaded which in, in a car, everyone knows the check engine, right? right? It's the generic thing that says, "Hey, something's broke." But in a big rig, it's really worrisome because it's your house that's broke. It's not just, "Hey, I got to use the other car." We got places to be. Yeah, I got to move this house. So yeah, we got the check engine light, and then we got well, a and second And we have light. learned that the first solution <laughs> yes.
0: is to turn it off and turn it back on again. That's right. And sometimes 90% it of the takes time that times. fixed the problem, it does. 10% it doesn't. But just kind of clears it's it. It's amazing. Wakes her up or whatnot. Yeah. And she had, we'd been sitting in Albuquerque, New Mexico at this great resort. We had a great time, met friends. But, yeah. And that's another story. But it had also been three days of
1: Wind high storms. winds yeah.
0: and a lot of dust blowing right up her back end
1: into the engine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> into the engine.
1: So that was the unusual thing that kind of we were trying to figure out why was this now? Because we keep. Really good care of our our rig. We take her in for regular service. And the only thing that happened, we had three solid days of windstorms blowing dust into the engine. So we were like, maybe some dust got into one of the sensors. That's the only thing, because we've been sitting idle. She just wasn't feeling it. That's right. So when we fired her up and she lit off this check engine, it was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. And then that cleared, but Mm -hmm. there's a separate, there's there's another engine light that looks just like check engine, but it doesn't say check engine. And it's just the engine there. It's just an icon for the engine. It turns out that's an, a mill light, M-I-L.
0: Malfunction indicator light. Yes, yes. And, and so, it makes a difference what color it is. That's right. It Colors matter. Yellow. So if you're
1: colorblind, <laughs> get somebody that can check the color because <laughs> if it's red, you, you are in big trouble. Yeah. But yellow is, is okay. So, yeah. So we had actually both lights at one point and then uh, the official check engine went off and we were just with the malfunction one. So we, of course, like everyone, Googled it and tried to figure out you know, what does this mean right. and decided that based on the research, the MIL light, the malfunction indicator light, we could move and go forward. We knew we were going to have to get some service, but we just wanted to know how desperate this was. Right. How far can you go? How far can you go? And we knew we had a decent trip to make, so we yeah. headed out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought that the indicator light went out.
1: It did, when You're right.
0: When we did the engine on and engine off that's and right. turn it back It on. did
1: clear, that's right.
0: So it went off, so we set out, but we were really aware of what was going on and, and checking on her constantly. And it was then the fuel, um, after the
1: fueling. That's yeah, right.
0: we decided to go ahead and make an early fuel stop. We went into a truck stop and got her all filled up with diesel. I don't think you did def. No. Because we don't no, fill to do it, it with every, deaf every, every stop. Stops, yeah. But, <laughs> damn, <laughs> as soon as we pulled out of that truck stop.
1: On the on-ramp to the freeway, I gunned it to get on there.
0: That light went off. The
1: check engine and the MIL light went off. Yeah. So we only made it to the very next exit, and next we pulled exit. off.
0: Pulled over on the side of the road on this exit. It was out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. so there wasn't Nothing a lot at the exit. going by. It was not busy or anything. But we sat there, turned it off, and turned it back on again. That's right. Hoping. Several times. Yeah. <laughs> like Maybe
1: it's three or four times this time
0: eventually well okay then we start the research looking on Google That's to right. find out the status of these indicator lights and also that Freightliner app yeah so you. this is
1: where we started to take our own advice right like we had told other people hey you should do this you should so at this point we everyone had Google of course we have done that but it was like you know what okay now it's start to, time to call Freightliner and yeah. we did and that was extremely helpful now at the mm-hmm. same time we had made multiple calls we also called CoachNet. CoachNet. Our, assi-
0: our roadside assistants.
1: Thank you. Roadside assistants. And we told you, you know, some of these other people had problems with theirs. And CoachNet has a good reputation. And, you know, they did their best to try to help us. But I'll be honest, they quickly, you know, decided <laughs> we're going to have to tow you.
0: Well, uh, yeah.
1: That was yeah. not good.
0: Yeah. Because we called and yep. we talked to the first person who then refers it to the tech, the RV tech, who then called us back and reassessed our situation the first question they always ask is are you in a safe place and we're like well we're sitting on the side of the road at this exit and you're able to tell them what exit you're at and so they know what the situation is and we were safe yeah but not the best place to be.
1: No. There was also another truck behind us. He was working on his rig, too. Yeah. So, But we were off the main road. So yeah. We, yeah. We it safe.
0: wasn't an I-10 situation no, no, with no. the safety cones or in anything. In
1: fact, we, we decided to have snacks there while we waited. <laughs> so it was that safe. We <laughs> and were we fine.
0: were doing our research yeah. and, and checking everything. But So in between calling CoachNet and then the tech calling back, mm-hmm. we had called Freightliner. That's right to talk about the codes and they were able to assess and do some diagnostics and tell us more about what was likely to be happening.
1: This was the cool part was I didn't know how to get to some of these menus, so he said, you're going to push this button and push Mm -hmm. There's a little joystick on the side of our RV here about how to get screens, and he showed me how to get to the screens where I could actually diagnose and do some cool stuff. So it brought up the codes, and it threw two codes that have two sets of numbers, and we read those numbers to him because we didn't know what it meant, and he explained that that represents some sort of fuel
0: Fuel pressure and yeah, it
1: was basically struggling to get fuel, which is interesting because we had just fueled up, Mm -hmm. right? We were like, maybe we put in bad fuel or something, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, but but we did sit there and talk him through it. It was like, hey, can we keep driving because we were one stuck in the middle of nowhere, and two, we we were trying to decide can we make it to our actual destination before we have to you know get it fixed, or do we need to change plans?
0: How critical is this issue? That's right.
1: We don't want to break her break our engine, right. but at the same time, if Always it's not critical, err on the side of caution. That's right, absolutely. It's our house, so we're like, don't have her catch on fire or anything bad. So, right, and but Freightliner was amazing. Like they yeah. explained, no, as long as the color of the thing is this, and because of these codes, you know, you need to get it fixed soon, but you're fine. You can go,
0: and they can never guarantee anything. No, but and the decision was ours. But then CoachNet called and <laughs> Yeah.
1: They said <laughs> it
0: was a Saturday, I think. Yeah. But they were like, okay, we're gonna send a tow truck out and tow you somewhere and you're gonna be out of operation and it's blah, 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 yeah. blah. And we were like, No, I don't <laughs> think so. Thanks yeah. though. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do, but you're the one sitting there by the side of the road. You know your coach. You know what's going on. And obviously, if we didn't have the other data point.
1: That's the key. If we hadn't talked to Freightliner, mm-hmm. it would be you and me staring at each other going, do okay. we brisket or I whatever? Guess. And we wouldn't know. But Freightliner or whoever your chassis manufacturer gives you the right data to go, okay, it's still our call, but... They're yeah. telling us this, this, and this. We're going to make this call, and we decided that we were going to assess it as we were going. So yeah. we, um, because actually... it was safe to drive because right. of the color and the indication. Sherry and... looked at the the different places to pull off mm-hmm. and worked out like every few miles we had a place we could pull off. Assess. So we because if it got really bad, we're like, okay, we're going to this rest area. Yeah. So
0: yeah, so we did deci- we declined the tow service to wherever and decided to to go on. Just to get to a safer place in the first place. So we started having the problems again. Well, we were trying to decide between going to Flagstaff, Arizona, or taking the turn down toward Phoenix, Arizona, because we had reservations in Cottonwood. That's right. Down in the Verde Valley. Beautiful. So... And, and, you know, we have the reservations. The reservations are already paid for. We know we have a safe place to go. And so you're just trying to assess, you know, what's happening and where you need to be and where you're likely to get good service. And if you do break down again, you know, how close can you get to to a a bigger service area? Because the Freightliner service facilities... They're all along the road, uh, you know, and Spartan and Cummins are good emergency repair facilities. So we were going down the road. We made a crucial decision to turn on to I-17 South and go to Phoenix because that was following our direction. And if we could get to Cottonwood, we'd have a bit of a respite. And, you know, the whole time we're thinking, well, where would it be easier to get towed from <laughs> Yeah, if it came to that? But she was running like a champ.
1: She was. That's an excellent point. That was part of the data that we used. We were not seeing any other gauge problems. She was not stuttering. She was not struggling uphill. Like we used all that information to decide Mm -hmm. how serious is this. And I actually went out and I checked the engine from the Mm -hmm. outside. You know, there was no temperature issues. So we made that call. And to kind of move it forward, because a lot happened after that, was we made the call and we made it to Cottonwood ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The
0: lights did come on. We turned off into a truck turnout and called uh, Freightliner, talked to them again, talked to that same tech, and again, made the decision to get to our destination. We limped in. Well, we didn't really limp in. She was doing great. But the fear and the stress and the anxiety of watching over everything. But anyway, we did get to our resort in yep. Cottonwood, Arizona. Which and is we, good yeah. because
1: for us, we were trying to decide, do we go park at just a parking lot and try to fi- stay somewhere strange while we figure this out? That was going to be additional stress. If we could get to our destination, we knew we were going to have basically a week to do all the research, figure out mm-hmm. where to go and not be just making last minute decisions. So we made that decision and I- And in the end, it was the right call, but, you know, it's always a risk.
0: And we also knew that we could likely get an RV tech, mobile tech service to come out to us if we could make it to our campground and be where we needed to be. So we did, and we made it, and she got to rest for the week. But the first thing we did was call. We called Cummins and we called Freightliner to see when we could get in in Phoenix, the first appointment that we could get was at Commons in Phoenix Friday morning at 6 a.m.
1: So we, we basically needed to get there. And when you're working on the road, when you're living and working and traveling, the challenge is how are you going to achieve some of these meetings, right? You're going to get to an appointment. And, and just like when you live in a house, right? Sometimes you got to take the, your car in for work. And so you'll take some time off to take your car in. Sometimes you got to go to a doctor's appointment. Sometimes you're going to, you know, a, a kid event. There's always something that cuts into work. And so, you know, that's no different for us, right? We basically had an appointment to get our vehicle, which was our house, mm-hmm. into, to, into work. But now when we're there, the question is, we're still working. Like we still have to work. How are we going to do that? Yeah.
0: So ultimately that Friday, we took the vacation day To get to Phoenix, Friday. We left after work Thursday to drive down to Phoenix, which was like an hour. (laughs) And then we stayed at Camp Cummins overnight.
1: Yeah, we had two choices. We had called both Freightliner, which we we were really happy with them, and Cummins. And we essentially chose Cummins for two reasons. One, the main one was they could get us in a little bit sooner. And two... The, in the location we were going they had slightly better reviews Right, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't bad reviews for Freightliner but they were definitely better for coming so we said like everything you buy, it's like the reviews matter.
0: And this was also an issue with the engine, which is a Cummins that's right. engine. That's right. Now, so,
1: Freightliner luckily has Cummins uh, technicians tech, as well. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. When it's the engine for sure, Cummins was the place. So we went there. They, and they
0: could get us in Friday. That's
1: right. That's right. So we went there. Luckily, as we pulled in, you know, we were able to back in. And they, called, they jokingly call their parking lot Camp Cummins. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to camp there, uh, they have 50 amp power. And there's room for multiple rigs there. But it's a parking lot. It is a parking lot. Not. it's nothing uh, fancy
0: in the industrial under but it was quiet so of it, Phoenix.
1: it wasn't like it was noisy or anything but <laughs> so so we did that and it's important because we knew at that point we were hoping the next day, Friday, magic was going to happen. They were going to diagnose it, fix it, and send us on our way. That was our dream.
0: And that we could drive out by 5 That's five. right. Yeah.
1: And so fingers crossed. We woke up. They told us be in line. We pulled the rig up in line by 6 or some, 7 mm-hmm. or something and tossed them the keys. And then we went and had a fantastic breakfast, <laughs> which yes. was awesome. And then, you know, every, we got to go tour a little bit of Phoenix while they mm-hmm. did this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Dutch Bros. That's right. Dutch bros. We got coffee, went to the park. There's a cool park. Yeah. So, you know, we, we filled the time just like everyone else. But, you know, we kept checking in. They would call us. We would call them. How's it going? And the diagnosis for a big rig is challenging. They got to take apart a lot of pieces to get in there. And then they, they pointed out ahead of time the way their process works is they plug in the computer and they keep checking as they work their way back. So they warned us. Diagnostics.
0: Gonna take That's right.
1: So to kind of move it forward, because at like uh,
0: $200 an hour.
1: Yeah, we don't want to think about that right now. It's painful. (laughs) But we just wanted you know, at that point we were like, the money was less important than getting back on the road. Because we needed to be certain places and we're working, right? We're not just retired and traveling. We have to be places. So by the near the end of the day, they had given us an update. They discovered what it was. It did match the codes, which is actually kind of cool that the codes were you know, saying the right thing, that they had found blockage in the the fuel system. So that was the good news. They figured it out and figured out where the part was. Bad news was they weren't going to get it fixed that day.
0: And the earliest they could get us in. Well, they explained that it was going to be a 10-hour repair, mm-hmm. about $3,000. But, okay, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but the earliest that they could get us in was Wednesday morning, and this was Friday afternoon, and we were supposed to be in California on Sunday, I think, Sunday. The diagnosis was something kind of like a little mini heart attack where she had a blockage and all that fuel lines and fuel plates and coolants and this and that, and they needed to get in there and clear the lines and check everything. So a ten-hour repair, and the the first appointment was Wednesday morning.
1: Uh, yeah, a certain technician had to o'clock. do the work. Right, he, he didn't come into Wednesday. And
0: this was Friday.
1: So we knew at that point we were going to be rolling in, having to deal with Monday and Tuesday. We were like, well, we can't camp this entire well, weekend.
0: Well, we did stay that night. We did, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe we can make this work. But so we stayed Friday night. And then, and it was fine. But then we woke up Saturday morning and Russ is like, oh, we're not staying here. (laughs) Yeah. Saturday,
1: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in a parking a hot parking lot. This This is, keep in mind, the temperatures were above 100, 100, 102, 104. And And we
0: had power, but we did not have water.
1: Well, we, yeah, we only had our onboard water. So there was no, right, right, right. So we didn't have unlimited resources, but we could have made it. But we decided... I woke up going, we shouldn't be miserable, right? When you're right. on the road, you're gonna be there four days. We might as well enjoy this. And they said we could drive the rig, right? So they right. said it was okay. That was critical right. too. So we did a little. It was googly. a crap opportunity. Yeah, another crap opportunity. To we explore sp- Phoenix. We spent an hour. We found a, a couple of good places. W- during that breakfast run, we went and had breakfast. We went and checked out a couple of the locations. Mm-hmm. We liked the one of them, yep. and uh, it was just ten minutes away. Yep and that was a good call a really good call yeah so, so we
0: ended up staying at a at a nice resort in phoenix for saturday sunday monday and then we left out late or in the evening on tuesday yep so we spent <laughs> the night tuesday night <laughs> on at camp, camp Cummins. at camp, camp, camp Cummins so that we'd be there first thing wednesday morning and it was a good decision because we ended up exploring phoenix we took a drive out on the apache trail which is this historic road yeah out in the in the in the mountains it was an old stagecoach route Mm -hmm. uh there's a ghost town there but it's kind of a disney-fied ghost town so we really didn't stop there we 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 just drove, but it was
1: really cool the drive was amazing so, yeah, we, we took advantage of it. And that crapportunity reference is like whenever there's a chance to take something bad and make something good out of it, we, we try to do that. And so we really enjoyed the campground we chose to stay it at. Nice. It was wonderful. Okay. It changed our opinion because we thought we were just trapped in, in Phoenix. But mm-hmm. by the end of it, we actually enjoyed Phoenix. It was great. Yeah. And they did. So, you know, moving ahead, we got the rig in there on uh, Wednesday. It was an all day event again. Mm-hmm. But I had to work. So I had been working Monday and Tuesday at that campground. Mm-hmm. Wednesday we were not gonna have the rig. And so this happens a lot when you're working and living on the road. You have to have you do? A backup plan yeah and so we've done this before what are some of the other things where wh- other times we had this where our rig was not available but we were working so
0: and rest is working on zoom conference calls all, all day. day long That's right. so the internets are crucial the you know privacy and quiet is relative really important quiet, yeah yeah relative quiet
1: yeah, it doesn't have to be private. I wear headphones and stuff, so it's okay. But yeah, we've had this before, so this wasn't the first time, so we're getting pretty good at this. But we asked them, do you have a little office space?
0: Well, and in the past, to answer your question, Russ has worked in the rig during service. When yep. we had those tires replaced, yep. they came out and did the service while he was Lifted working.
1: the rig up, changed tires. I was on Zoom inside the whole time. No Never problem. Noticed. It was great.
0: Uh, we have, you have worked in a customer service, in a customer service lounge, a (laughs) lot of the truck, uh, repair facilities and NIRVC, they have customer lounges where you can go and wait. That can be a problem when he's trying to be on zoom because
1: (laughs) he's really loud. I am loud. Um, you wouldn't tell from this though. I'm I'm really (laughs) quiet here.
0: So fortunately at Cummins, and then the other option that we're that you know, the other last resort Mm -hmm. would be. We might have to rent a hotel room yeah. so that we would have the the quiet and the privacy that he could be on the on the Zoom.
1: And we kind of did that once. We went to a wedding while we dropped our rig off uh, at NRVC and uh, for a few days, and we had an Airbnb, uh, and I worked out of that. You know, it was yeah. no problem. But that's just like having a house at that point. But most of the the interesting ones is when you're using the, you know, the the shared office space or the break room of one of these. facilities facilities. And
0: some service facilities have better yeah. uh, uh, places to work yep. than others. Oh yeah, we did it at um, Brazzles first for the surface.
1: That's right. And so, you know, we, a big part of what we do is we, because we work online, uh, this, and we'll cover this in another podcast, but how we handle internet. So being able to bring our own one or more different uh, internet feeds in there was not a big problem, but uh, you know, sometimes like this time at Cummins, we were in the middle of this cement and metal building, which did not have very reliable <laughs> yeah. connectivity outside. But we made it work, but it was sketchy at best. But I survived through that. I got stayed through all the calls. And the key for me is as long as I can do my job and my uh, customers and, and the people I work with have no idea because I've, I'm able to get through the, the work where there's it no. It doesn't affect It your doesn't job. affect my job, then I'm good. And I work really hard to make sure that that's always the case. And so having services available, like our room or business thing, a is really important. In, yeah. Um,
0: business facility they did at Commons. Yeah. There was once work.
1: I, I tried to do it in the car once and that was a disaster. So working <laughs> in our car was not good. But all the other times when you could just find a, a safe, Uh, corner corner it's all good so
0: and generally the service facilities and the people there are super helpful on on working with you especially when you're full-time on the road They they have been in our experience great and very flexible but renting a road a hotel room is always an option and we have had friends that have yeah rented or stayed in a hotel for a couple of weeks in certain situations, depending on the, the complexity of the repair. Of the repair. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so this is, this kind of kind starts to wrap it all up in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you have to have things you've thought through in advance. You got it from one. Don't be surprised. It's going to happen. So yeah. you'll deal with it. So, Two, if you can carry parts and be you know, ready for the most common things, great. Three, know the kind of resources you can call, like for your your manufacturer, and call them first, right? They'll walk you through the diagnosis, and sometimes it's a reset that they can help you do kind of thing. And four, when you go in to do the repairs, one, be prepared. It's going to take you longer. It's going to cost you more. I mean, hopefully I'm wrong, but it's usually that. Uh, you know, think through the plan of how, if you're still working like we are on the road. How are you going to get this done and roll with it? Right. It's, it's, it's okay because you know, there's these challenges, but Sherry and I talk about it all the time. That's there, you know, when your, your house breaks down, you got to drop it off. We get to, but this, we're still living this life though. So it's still okay. Right. I'll still take this over sticks and bricks.
0: There's always a sense too of, oh my God, it can always be worse. And what we experienced in Phoenix with the engine trouble, and, you know, it cost a couple thousand dollars, yeah, but if you're living in a house, you have to worry about your roof and your air conditioner. It's the same thing That's on right. the road. So you just kind of have to budget a little for those kind of expenses and roll with it and be flexible. That's right. Uh
1: but the funny thing is, is most people, when you move into uh, the life on the road, you've already made changes where things are flexible, right? You have portable laptops, uh, everything's smaller. You have multiple redundancies on things. And if you've done that right, when something happens, you take advantage of the fact that you're set up this way. Because if if you were at home and you had your desktop computer and you were working on a landline only, there's no easy way to change that right so living on the road you've already had to solve some of these problems just think it through not worst case scenario but think Mm -hmm. it through when something happens here's the 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 priority Mm -hmm. triage steps i'm going to go through i'm going to diagnose it i'm going to carry the right parts and if i have to go work somewhere else here's how i'm going to do it Mm -hmm. and we've had to do it multiple times so we don't Love to do it, but it actually gives you a confidence. It's a big confidence builder once you've done it the first time. You're like, hey, we're able to do
0: that. And we always say, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah.
1: So that that was kind of the, the main topic for today was breakdowns, but... Hopefully, you know, we've gotten better at being able to diagnose it and deal with it, but that's come from time. The first time it happens, you freak out. The second time, you're like, "Mm, okay. The third time, you're like, okay, we we got this. this. We got this. The the number one thing is what Sherry said is like, it's going to come down to how much it's going to cost which is why we try to preemptively spend money on regular maintenance, maintenance and, and keeping tires and certain things that can go wrong you don't want to let those go too far cuz you'll end up paying a lot more if you don't so and that's tire safety and that's and right the basics yeah. Right. yeah so i i think we did a good job of wrapping this up is there anything else that you think we need to cover
0: well, we did make it to California, and it is fabulous. Happy ending to the story. that's story. That's right.
1: <laughs> so anyways, thanks for listening, and uh, if you haven't uh, subscribed, please uh, go and do that now. We're excited to actually tell lots of different uh, stories about how you can live, uh, work, and travel on the road. This was just one area that we found was really important, and we thought we've, we've actually had to tell it over campfires before. Uh, we figured it would be good to share here.
0: One, two, three. Bye. Bye.